Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of The Jadava Show. I'm your host, Jacob Valier. Glad to have you with us on a Friday, right before the weekend. We have gotten through this week. Uh, lots to talk about football-wise today. Uh, there was a football game last night, and I will do my bi-weekly quarterback ratings. And uh, we will get set for the weekend. Uh, I forgot to mention this from this past weekend, by the way. And also, before I get into anything... Uh, Great bonus election episode yesterday on the Jadava show last night. Um, my thoughts on the 2020 presidential election as we are still unclear of what will happen. I know we have pretty much heard who will win and, uh, you know, that's pretty much decided. The states have been called, um, but a lot of legal stuff is about to happen, I'm sure. Um, and, uh, we won't really know what's going to happen for a while. So, uh, just gave my perspective on the election last night, and uh, I would very much recommend. I'm not going to get more into it in this episode because this is a sports episode, but I did get into it last night. Uh, 29 and a half minute episode. So uh, head on to the Jadava show, the episode previous to this one. Uh, it is called Election Thoughts, and um, I give my unfiltered, unbiased thoughts on it. Um, also, Liberty University, the school I go to, ranked in the AP poll for college football for the first time in its almost 50-year history this past week. They are ranked number 25. They play the Virginia Tech Hokies on Sunday, uh, tomorrow, excuse me. Um, so that is a big deal. Uh, very excited about that. If they can win that game somehow, oh boy, what if the Flames somehow are ranked in the top 20? That would be something to behold for sure, something unprecedented in the history of our school. We have never had something like this who knows? Maybe we are a sports school after all. Um, so that's big. All right, I want to start with this. I'm in a relationship. Okay, I've been in a relationship for the past seven and a half months, and uh, it's been great. Very loving relationship. Uh, we have enjoyed each other very much. Um, and, you know, like any couple, we have our arguments. There are some things that we disagree on or some things that sometimes we just can't agree on. Um, and that's okay. Everybody's like that. Everybody works like that. Um, and so I've noticed a pattern in seven and a half months in our relationship that when things are going well, they sometimes just keep getting better and better. You know, I will, we'll have a really nice discussion. I'll buy her flowers. And then we are just on sky high for the next day, the next two days. It just keeps getting better. It feels like nothing can go wrong. We are about as good as we can get right now. But sometimes we'll disagree on something. We'll have dinner at her place. I'll forget to do the dishes. She'll get mad at me. And uh, I'll get so mad that I'm like, you know what, I'm not talking to you. And then we just sort of pout about it and we don't talk to each other. It escalates. It gets worse. And to the point where we're not talking. Um, so I wanted to compare that to what I've noticed in the Green Bay Packers this year. The Packers won last night. They won 34-17, um, but they were winning that football game pretty much the entire day. It was 7-3. It's going well. Then it was 14-3, kept going well. 21-3, 28-3, 31-3, and next thing you know, the Packers have at least a 17-point lead pretty much the entire game. It's not in any doubt. Aaron Rodgers isn't under any pressure the entire game because guess what? 
The 49ers have everybody injured. Okay, there's their quarterbacks out, their tight ends out, their top three running backs all injured, um, and a couple of their offensive linemen, you know, their left tackle, Trent Williams, is out on the COVID list. All their big stars on defense are out. Pretty much the whole team is is just gone right now. And Aaron Rodgers is playing with a mostly full arsenal. He got his starting running back back. He's got uh, two of his top three receivers playing, all of his offensive linemen, pretty much. Um, and most of his players on defense. Oh, and guess what? He's got a pretty good head coach and Matt LaFleur. Things were going to go well for the Packers last night. And it's a, become a theme this season. When things go well for Aaron Rodgers, they just keep going well. Week one against Minnesota, they were in control of that game pretty much the entire day. Week two against Detroit, for the majority of that game, they led by two or three touchdowns. It was in control. Aaron Rodgers was in control, and the Packers never looked back. Against the Saints, they always found themselves in a position to take leads in week three. Week four, they were pretty much up big on Atlanta the entire game. Week five against Houston had at least a 15-point lead the majority of the football game. And then last night, they were up 31-3 to at one point, and it just kept getting better. Aaron Rodgers could not be stopped. That's that's a front-running team. The Packers are the best front-runners in the NFL. But in week six, when things started going south for Aaron Rodgers, when he threw that pick six to make it 10-7 Tampa, it got worse. There goes Aaron Rodgers' swagger. There goes his confidence. Boom. It's 14 to 10, 21 to 10, 28 to 10, 31 to 10, 38 to 10. Just kept getting worse and worse and worse. In the Matt LaFleur era, the Packers have been excellent front runners. When they get out to a 10 plus point lead, oh boy, do they pour it on. They start pouring it on. Aaron Rodgers has been excellent, not just this season. In his career, under Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers has been about as close to dominant as possible. Under Matt LaFleur in the regular season, Aaron Rodgers is 19-5, and 64 completion percentage, 50 touchdowns, 6 picks, 7.5 yards in attempt, 261 yards a game, and a passer rating of 103. Aaron Rodgers is enjoying a resurgence at age 36 and 37 under Matt LaFleur. Because when he's front running, and they've been a lot because they're 19 and 5, they are a nightmare. But when they're losing by 10 plus, they usually get throttled. Week 5 against Tampa, they got murdered on that field by Tom Brady. It wasn't competitive. Aaron Rodgers could not find a way back into that football game. Last week against the Vikings. Yeah, they made it close there at the end and interesting, but Dalvin Cook was just gashing them right up the middle. It was embarrassing. Last year, they lost four games last year, including the NFC Championship. First loss was to Philadelphia. Carson Wentz just went right up and down the field on them. They could not stop them. Week nine, the Chargers punched them in the mouth. Aaron Rodgers didn't know how to fight back. And then their last two losses were both against the 49ers. Guess what? They couldn't stop San Fran's run game, and Jimmy Garoppolo was highly efficient. They could not stop them. They lost to San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. Jimmy Garoppolo did not even attempt 10 passes. That's how dominant the 49ers run game was. They got blown out by 17. 
the, they have lost six games in the Matt LaFleur era. Most of, pretty much all of them have been blowouts. When this team gets kicked in the face, they can't fight back. They just can't. They were under zero duress last night. They led the entire game. The Niners were missing all of their starters, and Aaron Rodgers was thrown with confidence. Look, Aaron Rodgers is great, and he was great last night through dimes. Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in the NFL. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is one of the most underrated deep threats in the league. We didn't learn anything about Green Bay last night. We didn't learn anything. What what did we learn about them? They can win against bad teams, and they can win when they get out to a very comfortable lead. They don't blow leads, and they don't come back from big deficits. That's who they are. I, they, they're front runners. When they're getting thrown around on defense, Aaron Rodgers can't respond. They weren't getting thrown around last night. When the 49ers scored their chump points, it was when the game was decided. That's what it was. So we didn't learn anything about Green Bay last night. The thing about them, and this is why I have not yet trusted them as a Super Bowl team, they're big time front runners. Last year, they lost games 26 to 11, 37 to 8, and 37 to 20. Earlier this year, they lost to Tampa Bay 38 to 10. That was their, at one point, five consecutive losses for this franchise. All humiliating blowouts. Aaron Rodgers is partially to blame. Partially. When he gets kicked in the face like that, he can't fight back. I didn't learn anything about them last night. I know they're okay. I know they're great when you put everything in their favor. But when it's not all in their favor, oh boy, it's not looking too good. Another storyline that I noticed last night, I've been seeing it all week, is that the Jimmy G era is over in San Francisco. It's it's done. It's time to move on. And I've been a supporter of Jimmy G. I've said, when he was in New England, I said, this might be the best backup quarterback in the league and one of the one day will be one of the top 12, top 10 guys in all of the NFL. I liked his playmaking. I liked his leadership, liked his efficiency. I liked a lot about Garoppolo coming out of New England. Then he went to San Francisco, immediately changed fortunes there. But I noticed something. In 2016, during Tom Brady's deflate gate suspension, Garoppolo got four starts. Oh, he only made two because he got hurt. Two years later, San Francisco, he's the week one starter. Three games in. Oh, he tears his ACL out for the year. Okay, then he first full season, he goes to a Super Bowl. I said, okay, this time for hatred for Garoppolo needs to stop. Dude can seriously play. Then this year, six starts, nagging ankle injury. Might only make six starts all year. He'll be 30 next year. He's made 32 regular season starts in seven NFL seasons. It's time to move on. You can't win. If you're San Francisco, you can't win if you have the fourth worst quarterback. If you have the number four quarterback in your division, it's over. Jimmy Garoppolo, you need to, if you're Kyle Shanahan, if you're John Lynch, look around your own division. You got Russell Wilson, arguably the best quarterback in the league. He's a never hurt front runner for league MVP. You get him twice a year. He never misses a game. Oh, you know who else you get twice a year? Jared Goff. Since 2017, he's top three, top four in the NFL in wins and efficiency, total efficiency. He never gets hurt. He was in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago, he was an MVP candidate. 
You get him twice a year. Oh, you also get his coach, Sean McVay, who knows how to coach offense probably better than anyone else in the league. Oh, and you get Kyler Murray, most explosive young quarterback in the NFL. He'll be an MVP someday. You get him twice. So you get Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, and Kyler Murray six times a year, and you're going to trot out Jimmy Garoppolo? Seriously. Jimmy Garoppolo barely plays. He's had one full season in seven years. One one season in seven years where he's played more than six games. You're, you're really going to hedge your fund into that? No. Most days Jimmy Garoppolo plays, I think he's a C quarterback. I don't think he's ever an F, but sometimes he's a B plus, A minus type of guy. You'll, you'll never get an A or A plus performance out of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not that kind of guy. Efficiency wise, I think he's great. I think he he's really good. You, sometimes it's hard when you are the fourth quarterback in your division. You're the fourth best. Jimmy Garoppolo career in San Francisco, 22 and 8 record, 67 and a half completion percentage, 46 touchdowns, 26 picks, 8.3 yards in attempt, passer rating of 98, 237 yards passing a game. Those are not bad. You don't want those numbers if you're a team that potentially would trade or sign Jimmy Garoppolo, I think he's good. He's a victim. A, is injury prone, but he's also a victim of playing in probably the toughest division in football. He's not as good as Russell Wilson. He's not as good as Kyler Murray. I don't even think he's as good as Jared Goff. You need to make a decision if you're San Francisco. Go after a guy that you think can compete with those three guys. A durable guy who can end up making plays against really talented coaching staffs because you get them six times a year. Cliff Kingsbury's actually, he can coach. Kyler Murray, he can really play. He'll be an MVP one day. You can't settle on fourth best. You need to upgrade this offseason. You can't keep up with the Garoppolo experiment. It needs to end. I don't care who you get. Matt Ryan might be available. He flourished under Kyle Shanahan. Maybe you go get a Matt Ryan. Sam Darnold will be available. Young quarterback, chance to compete in Kyle Shanahan's system. Maybe Sam Darnold might be better than Jared Goff after all. Somebody like those guys. Maybe you'll have a, a high draft pick. Maybe a draft Trey Lance. Next, I, I don't care what the 49ers do. Jimmy Garoppolo is not the answer in San Francisco. Got to get rid of him. All right, so I do this every two weeks, and it is that time. Uh, before I make my picks for the weekend, I rank all 32 quarterbacks um, in the NFL. I don't I don't show any bias. My quarterback, I rank in the bottom five. You'll see in a second. Um, it's just what my eyes tell me and what I have noticed in watching the NFL through the first half of the season. So these are my half of the season quarterback rankings. This is not I'm not including guys like Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not including guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick and I'm not including guys like Mitchell Trubisky or even Dak Prescott guys that will start week nine. This is my top 32 quarterback rankings and I'll have rationale for each. Let's start with number 32. All right. 32, whoever the Cowboys start, whether it's Garrett Gilbert or, or Cooper rush, neither of these guys are good enough. They, whoever starts will be the worst starter in the league, <laughs> and guess who they play week nine? Number one rated Pittsburgh, undefeated Steelers. 
good luck, Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert. You win a chance to get pummeled. There, that's the worst starting quarterback position. Look, we've seen it without Dak Prescott. I think with Dak, they're a very average football team. Without Dak, I think they are thoroughly, thoroughly terrible. And you're seeing that right now. They're terrible. They have nowhere to go. I don't see another win on their schedule. I think they end up two and fourteen, vying for a top three draft pick, and they might take a quarterback. Who knows? Number thirty-one. Whoever the Jaguars start, we don't know who's starting there. It's, it's probably Jake. Jake Luton, Jake Lutton. I don't know how you say his name. Sixth round rookie quarterback. Um, look, Jacksonville's a tire fire. They're clearly tanking for a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully, they're they are praying that the Jets can maybe win a game or two before the end of the year, um, so they don't have to go back to the to the well of quarterbacks. Um, whoever they start, it's it's not going to be pretty. I know they're playing Houston, but they're they I think whoever they start is better than Dallas, but. Not anybody else. That's number 31. Number 30, Nick Mullins. Uh, yeah, Nick Mullins. You saw him last night. He's not. I, people are telling me all the time, oh, they should start Nick Mullins over Jimmy Garoppolo. Mullins is better. You saw it last night. When that game was in doubt, Mullins was atrocious. He had no weapons. Okay, they, they, I mean, most of the 49ers running backs are injured. Their tight end, George Kittle, he's out. Uh, and half their receiving core was on the COVID-19 list. When they're healthy, I think Mullins can play, but I don't think he's a game changer, and I don't think they win more than they lose with Nick Mullins. I have him, have him at number 30. Uh, 29, this will be controversial. I'm going with Cam Newton. Cam Newton has been – look, everybody was making Cam sort of like their sexy uh, MVP pick, I know, before the season. People were saying, Cam Newton with Bill Belichick, that could be magic that we've been waiting to see. Well, I'm not seeing any magic. I know he dominated – uh, the Seahawks in week two, but lost. But everybody's been killing the Seahawks defense this year because they stink. In his last three starts, Cam, uh, 63 completion percentage, 143 yards a game, no touchdowns, five picks, a 50 passer rating, 6.6 yards an attempt. Uh, look, it's not working. This this experiment's not working, and Cam will be looking for a new home in 2021. He does get to play the Jets this week. He'll look good, but then he gets to play Baltimore next, and then he won't. For right now, Cam Newton, number 29. Uh, number 28, Kyle Allen. Um, Kyle Allen actually can play a little bit. I know he's not sexy. I know he's not what you think. He's not a he's not a typical quarterback pick when you're talking about quarterbacks. I think he's better than Cam and Nick Mullins. Um, this year, 68.8 completion percentage, four touchdowns a pick, uh, passer rating of 99. Uh, beat up on the Cowboys, had a nice comeback bit against the Giants a couple weeks ago, and he gets to play the Giants again. I, I like Kyle Allen. I don't love him. I don't want him to be my quarterback for the future, but Kyle Allen can play a little bit. Um, he's not a playmaker. He's not noticeably accurate, and he's not noticeably efficient. I think it gives them an advantage over Nick Mullins and Cam Newton and whoever Jacksonville and Dallas are starting. But overall, Kyle Allen, not the future in Washington. Number 27, I'm going to go Tua. Tua, look, 12 of 22, 93 yards touchdown. I'm not inspired by that. I'm, I'm not. I think that's okay. The Rams, they've got a defense that you can expose a little bit. I know they've got some big-time problems on, defensive, on the defensive line. Aaron Donald is a problem. And Tua was under duress most of the day. But if you're asking me right now, I think, with my heart of hearts, Tua is not the guy in Miami. 
I don't see anything special. I saw special in college, but everybody at Alabama that plays quarterback seems to look special. Then they get to the NFL. You see guys like A.J. McCarron and now Tua. Eh, just not a lot there. Just They're just ordinary. And I think so far that's what Tua is. Uh, so I'm going to put Tua at number 27. Until he proves me anything different. I know Arizona doesn't play much defense, so maybe he can look good here. But until further notice, Tua, number 27. 26, Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones against Washington. In his career. Now, this is what shocked me. Did not know this. Um, I mean, I did know this, but I had forgotten about it until I looked this morning. Daniel Jones against Washington, 3-0. and He gets to play Washington this weekend. He's 3-0 and against everyone else in the NFL, 1-16. and 1-16. and Against non-Washington teams, Daniel Jones is 1-16. and That tells me all you need to know. He's got playmaking ability. He's got a little bit of accuracy, but he commits some of the most mind-boggling turnovers of my life. I don't understand him. That's why I'm at number 26. I think he's the worst quarterback in New York, if you ask me. Because number 25, I'm going to put Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold can play a little bit. I, he's not, He's avoiding disaster when he plays with arguably the worst roster I've ever seen. Um so he's avoiding disaster. He's still not great. I don't know if that's the coaching staff, or I don't know if it's that that Sam Darnold just can't play. Um, I don't know which which of it is. I'm going to assume right now it's because of the Jets organization. He's been giving a horrible share from Adam Gase, uh, who doesn't look like he can coach. They have no talent. Their general manager has just completely uh, failed to build a winning team around Sam Darnold. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's him or the organization. I'm going to go with the organization right now. I still have Darnold at 25, way more touch interceptions than touchdowns, and the Jets are 0-8. Uh, number 24, I'm going to go Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke made me sort of second-guess my opinion of him yesterday when he threw three fourth-quarter touchdowns, not yesterday, this past week, three fourth-quarter touchdowns against a division rival. I think Drew Locke falls into the same category as Garoppolo. He's... By default, he's a good player, but by default, he's the fourth best quarterback in his own division. Um, I don't know what to make of him. I think he's a little overly cocky, and he's not playing well. Go win games. Okay, go win games. Go throw touchdowns. Do your job, and then ultimately you'll win. I think he's a little cocky for my liking, but overall, he's not bad. He's not the worst quarterback I've ever seen. Um Number 23, Carson Wentz. I'm going to start speed up a little bit. Carson Wentz, it's not all his fault. Eagles are mostly injured. I, I do say Carson Wentz has a lot of the blame to shoulder. I don't know what it is about him. Uh, I, I think his confidence is shot or his mechanics. I don't know which one it is. Carson Wentz does not look like the same quarterback I expected to be a top five, top six guy entering this league or entering this season. And uh, Carson Wentz, he just looks like mechanically something is off. 22, Nick Foles. I don't know what it is. Nick Foles, most confusing quarterback of my life. I don't understand him at all. Some weeks he can look great. Some weeks he can look bad. The reason I have him so low is because this season he's looked bad. Uh, outside of his comeback performance against Atlanta, in the four, excuse me, the five games since, he has thrown five touchdowns and six picks, passer rating of 78. I, I just don't, and a losing record, two and three. He's confusing. He doesn't win a whole lot. Um, and he's not particularly accurate. He's been starting to throw the ball downfield a little bit more. I just don't get him. I don't think he's very good. And I don't think he's a playmaker that we've seen in Philadelphia. 21, Kirk Cousins, second most picks in the NFL. Um, it's clear that the Vikings do not trust Kirk Cousins to throw the football downfield. He attempted 14 passes last week against a division rival. You know that that tells me? Tells me the coaching staff doesn't believe in him. And they, they could very well move off of him. 
at the end of the year. Um, look, I don't see the hype. I think Kirk Cousins is good. I think he's accurate. I think he can make plays, but at the same time, he's been turning the ball over a whole bunch at age 32, and that defense that the Vikings have is not going to put him in many positions to win, so Kirk Cousins not, will not have a winning record this year. I have him uh, at 21. 20, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, pop gun arm. Had a big chance against Atlanta. He failed. He wasn't good at all. Um, and he's a little banged up now. Don't love Teddy Bridgewater. I've always thought he's a bit too conservative for my liking. He's not a playmaker, not particularly accurate downfield. Um, and you're just you're just placeholding with him. He's clearly the fourth best quarterback in his own division. Um, so I don't know what they're wasting their time with. I have him at 20. Number 19, I'm going to go Baker Mayfield here. I think he's the reason that the Browns are not better than five and three. Uh, they were they played a really good game against the Raiders last week. And Baker Mayfield struggled to really generate anything downfield. I don't understand it. I don't understand that they can be so talented. They have an embarrassment of riches on offense. Even without Odell Beckham, I think they're one of the most powerful offensive teams in the league. Baker Mayfield is the re- he's still injury prone, not injury prone, turnover prone, and he can make a lot of mistakes. And I just do not understand the hype around him. Uh, eighteen. I'm going to go Jared Goff on number eighteen. I think Jared Goff has been exposed by Miami. But overall, he's efficient. He's accurate. He's playing on a really nice offense. I like Goff, but I think he's right now playing like a middle-of-the-pack guy for a playoff hopeful team. 17, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers has been coming on the last few weeks. Three touchdowns in the last two games combined, or or uh, not combined, but six touchdowns last two combined, three each. He's been really good, Phillip Rivers. They, they, I think he's holding them back from being a potential Super Bowl team, but they got a lot of talent, and uh, Phillip Rivers still has a little bit of juice in that 39-year-old right arm. And uh, overall, they'll be held afloat because I think Phillip Rivers is playing the best football I've seen him play in years. 16, Matt Ryan. Falcons are bad. They shouldn't be trying to win. They might be trying to move off of Matt Ryan at the end of the season. I think, look, he's still he's still who he is. He's four years removed from an MVP. I think he's, he's, evolved, he's devolved from one of the top guys in the league when he was MVP. I think he's middle of the pack. I think 16 is perfect for Matt Ryan because he's middle of the pack. He's not great. He's not bad. He's just, he's just there. I think he's just there. 15 Stafford, Matthew Stafford. He's had, he's had a really good season. The The lines are better than I expected them to be. They're three and four. Matthew Stafford uh, is playing for a coach who I think is going to get fired at the end of the year. So that's not great, but Look, three touchdowns, five picks, 7.8 yards in attempt, 95 passer rating, three and four record better than many expected. Matthew Stafford is still playing really well at age 32. I like him more than most, although I don't think that he is a top 12 guy in the league, and I don't think he's been a top 12 guy in the league for years. I I still think he's accurate. I still think he can make downfield throws really well. I have a 15. 14, Ben Roethlisberger, the only problem I have with the Pittsburgh Steelers is Big Ben. I think outside of Big Ben, the Steelers are a completely perfect team. Big Ben's just 38 years old. I think he's become less accurate. I think he's become way less efficient. And I think he's very turnover prone. He saw it when he was pressing against the Titans. Big Ben threw three terrible interceptions against the Titans. You're seeing it. The guy can make mistakes. It happens. It happens with the best of us. I think he's the weak point in the Steelers, but I still think he's a top 14 guy, a top half guy in the league. I just don't think he's anything closer than that. 13, Lamar Jackson was a top three guy entering the league. He's fallen out of the top 12. 
We've exp- we've seen him become a little bit undressed. He's been exposed. He's not buttoned up like we used to. He's got bad form. I don't like his release. Um, I think he's become less accurate. I think teams with a book on him now have started to figure him out. Um, and I think that's only going to be bad news for him because I think he's a one-trick pony. Um, so I don't love that. I don't love the direction that Lamar Jackson is going. I think he's trending down. I don't think he's even the best quarterback in his own division anymore, according to this uh, list, because number 12, I have Joe Burrow. He has completely floored me. I don't understand how Joe Burrow, as a rookie quarterback, can play such amazing football for the Bengals when he's got Big Ben, he's got the Browns front seven, the Steelers front seven, and he's got Baltimore in his division. And all of a sudden, Joe Burrow, oh my gosh, he's got a pass rating of 91, 284 yards a game, 67 completion percentage, almost seven yards an attempt, uh, and they just beat Tennessee, one of the best teams in the league. I don't understand Joe Burrow playing with that cast of characters. He's become a top 12 quarterback. I think the Bengals are locked in. Uh, they are fine. They are more than fine at quarterback for the foreseeable future of the next decade and a half. Love it. 11, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, the Texans are 1-6, and six, but Deshaun Watson's playing really good football. I like it. I, I He's been one of my favorite quarterbacks for a long, long time. Um, and I think he's great. I think Deshaun Watson for all intents and purposes, is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Only thing keeping him back right now is the fact that he's on a horrible team with no head coach, uh, and defensively they've completely fallen apart. So I have Watson at number 11. All right, top 10. Number 10, Drew Brees. This was tough. What, should I put Brees 10 or Watson? I'm putting Brees ahead because he's got a better team, and he's way more accurate. Leads the NFL in completion percentage, even though all he's doing is showing the, throwing those short passes. Drew Brees is still a top 10 guy. He is still one of the class acts of the NFL. Uh, and I think the Saints will stay in it because of Drew Brees for no other reason. He has been really accurate, not turning the ball over because he never does. Uh, and he's second, maybe even potentially one day first in the NFL all time in touchdown passes. Number nine, Kyler Murray. The only thing holding me back from Kyler Murray being more than number nine is accuracy. Running the football, he's amazing. Big playability. I don't think there's a lot of guys better in big playability than Kyler Murray in the NFL right now. I think he's a top nine guy in the league for a five and two football team. My only reservation, work on that accuracy. He's become a little turnover prone. Sometimes he can go games where he is wholly inefficient, where he averages like five or less yards an attempt. That's not efficient. He needs to clean that up. I think he's on the uptrend, but uh, right now I don't have him ahead of my number eight pick just because of those weird reasons, because number eight, I have Josh Allen. I know he hadn't thrown a touchdown the last few games, but Buffalo is six and two. Josh Allen has worked on his accuracy. He has become very accurate. Uh, The Bills have found ways to win. He has found ways to become efficient when he was, look, he was awful in college. Okay. He couldn't complete a forward pass really in college. And he hasn't been great in his first two years in the NFL. I don't think he's a top six or seven guy in the NFL. I don't really even think he'll ever, he ever will be, but I have him at number eight. I've had him closer than that before, but eight is probably an appropriate spot for him because the bills are six and two. Josh Allen is thrown for 300 yards. Most weeks he's keeping Buffalo in the games that they have lost. Um, and overall I like them. I, I like the bills. I know a lot of people have gripes about the bills. I, I still like them. Seven, Justin Herbert. He's been, has he been the rookie of the year? I mean, the Chargers are awful. 
they they can't close out games. They don't play any defense, uh, and they have a horrid offensive line. Justin Herbert, passer rating of 105, 303 yards passing a game, 15 touchdowns, five picks, completing over 67% of their passes. And he's averaging eight yards an attempt. Need I say more about a rookie quarterback playing in a terrible situation? Justin Herbert, you, sir, are amazing. Credit to him. All right, top six. Number six, Derek Carr. People are going to be crazy about me on Derek Carr. I know. He's he's not sexy. He's not this, that. I've used the word sexy a whole bunch today describing my quarterbacks. Whatever. Derek Carr is completing 71% of his passes for a winning football team. 14 touchdowns, two picks all year. Second lowest interception percentage in the NFL. He's got a pass rating of 110. Yeah. that And you're four and three? That makes you a top six guy in the league right now. Accuracy, efficiency, uh, not turning the ball over. Derek Carr and a winning record? Derek Carr's checking all the boxes for me right now. I have him at six. Five, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill, look, I know they've lost a couple of games now. In those games, Tannehill is still playing well. He made a nice fight against the Steelers, and obviously he played well against Cincinnati. wasn't even close. Ryan Tannehill is he's got a one oh he's got a one ten pass rating as well eighty one uh, quarterback rating seven point eight yards in attempt sixty seven completion percentage seventeen touchdowns three picks for a five and two team. The Titans are good. Stop stop dogging the Titans for losing to Pittsburgh and then losing on the road to Cincinnati. The Bengals can actually play a little bit. Okay, the Bengals are a lot better than you probably think. There's no shame in losing to them. Tannehill right now still a top five guy. All right, top four. Number four, Aaron Rodgers, 24 touchdowns, two picks, six and two record. One of the best players in the NFL right now. I don't have him higher than Tom Brady because he lost embarrassingly so to Brady. Aaron Rodgers, I said earlier in the show, a great front runner, excellent, probably one of the best throwers of the football the NFL has ever seen. But mark my words, until I see him go up against a heavyweight and outplay the other quarterback, I can't have him higher than number four. Number three, yeah, I'm going to go with Brady. 20 touchdowns, four picks, 43 years old. I was wrong about him. I was wrong about Tampa Bay. Tom Brady is playing the best football, I think, of his career right now or one of the best football of his career. It's hard to stop him. He looks great, and the Buccaneers look even better. Number two, Patrick Mahomes, 21 touchdowns, one pick. Seven and one record. If it weren't for Russell Wilson, he'd be the clear favorite for MVP. They've won every way you've asked them to win. They win ugly. They win shootouts. They win decisively. They win close games. Whatever, however you need to win, that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have figured it out. They are amazing. And Patrick Mahomes, without Russell Wilson, is the MVP of the league, in my opinion. And obviously, number one, need I say more, Russell Wilson right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. 26 touchdowns, ties an NFL record for the most in eight games, uh, in the first eight games. He's amazing. He's the best football player in the world. He's on pace to throw over 50 touchdowns this year, and he should. He should lead the NFL in that category, and in my opinion, he should be the MVP of the National Football League when the league is over. All right, my top 10, Breeze, Murray, Allen, Herbert, Carr, Tannehill, Rodgers, Brady, uh, Mahomes, and Wilson. All right. Uh, last but not least, this will be my final thing. I know I've gone way over. I will predict all games on Sunday. I'll do it quickly. I won't make any rationale. I will just pick them. I'm going to pick Washington over the Giants. Give me the Broncos over Atlanta. Give me Seattle over Buffalo. Give me Tennessee over Chicago. I like Baltimore over Indy. 
I like Kansas City over Carolina. I like Detroit over Minnesota. I like Houston over Jacksonville. I like the Raiders over the Chargers. I like definitely like the Steelers over Dallas. I like Arizona over Miami, and I like Tampa Bay to beat New Orleans. Those are my picks. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Jadava Show. I've gone way over. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games on Sunday. I'm your host, Jacob Valier, and we will see you on Monday to break down week nine of the NFL season. Everybody, take care.